0: Love Talk Radio. All righty. Here we are, Dad. It's our Father's Day show because uh, we're wishing all fathers, including you because you're a dad, uh, happy Father's Day. Um, so welcome, Dad. And w- I know you've got some wonderful things to share with us for all dads everywhere. So, and I know there's a lot of, um, you know, people out there. Well, everybody has a dad. <laughs> So that's a good thing, right? Um, so, tell us, how do you want? What What are we going to talk about about fathers today? Do you have uh, something that you really is in your heart, or you know, said because I know you you put a good one together. So, welcome to this show, Dad. It's Father's Day, and I'm just talking. So, please take them away. All right. <laughs> Thanks,
1: T. I appreciate it. Uh, it is Father's Day, and Gene uh, Gene that's me has two daughters one lives in Hawaii, and one lives in miami quite a distance apart um, both uh my daughters are professionals one is a head of a nursing department one is head of uh well you know what she's tea's head of everything she thinks she is anyway but uh
0: thank you so funny.
1: i have a i have loving regards for each daughter I spend more time with T because she's in the States, 48, and Kimmy is in Hawaii. Most people are say, wow, that's wonderful. But anyway, both both of my wives are, have died. One died of a head trauma and one died of cancer of the lungs. And uh, so I'm remiss that I don't have a mother to each one of them, but I hope that I'm a father. Especially T key because she's stateside. But I want to talk about fathers. But I'm going to approach this subject from a different standpoint. You know, we are all out of Adam and Eve, the first two human beings, according to the 66 books, which I firmly believe in. Over 1,100 chapters, written over a period of 2,000 years without error. And God spoke to us about this. He speaks to all of us. But remember that Adam and Eve was the first. But we count not have heard this from Abraham. He's the bosom of all fatherhood. From out of Abraham comes the entire Jewish, Gentile population. Let's talk about that for a minute. Abraham was called by God and given the Abrahamic covenant. He's the father of all Christians that we that are today. We deliver, we bring forth his righteousness and with God bestowed on us Abraham the Abrahamic covenant. He gave us the law and what supersedes the law? Christ. Which when Christ came He's a bride. We're the bride of the church. We're the bride of Christ. Christ was sitting down because God wanted a family and God got sitting down Christ. He was crucified on the cross with his bride. Anybody that accepts him, his bride. And one day, Christ is going to come back and redeem us home. The great fatherhood of God well, who is God, well, one may ask? God is everything. God is the spirit. God is in see He calls it the holy trinity. No, nothing. Do you call it what, T? Holy like triplets. Holy triplets. Well, I don't, I don't go along with it, but it's a, it's a good way to say it, the holy triplets. What is that? It's a Father of the, God the Father, God the Son, which is Jesus. And God, the Holy Spirit, which he, she calls Mr. Holy. Well, that's fine because she talks to Mr. Holy daily, mentally. Remember that when Christ was ascended up into heaven, he left it. He left a great spirit, gave us a great spirit to come along beside us. The Holy Spirit, or as, as he calls it, Mr. Holy, is the, is the companion that walks by us, talks to us daily. He gives us, reveals us what he wants us to know. He delivers our prayers to God into the throne room. Well, who what is the throne room? That's where God lives. Wait a minute now. God lives in spirit form all over everywhere. He's omnipotent. He, he's omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. He's everything to everywhere. He's beside you. But the Holy Spirit is a mission of of giving to us the interpretation the wisdom that we desire we have a prayer we pray in the Holy Spirit it comes true it comes up to God but I'm not going to talk about that remember that Christ came if confess with our mouth that he died for our sins and believe that then we'll go to heaven and without without him we can't go to heaven 14 John 14 says we must believe in Christ and Christ delivers us to heaven to be his bride, to live forever in eternity. Is that glorious? Sure it's glorious. But I'm going to talk to you about a father, a father as found in Hebrews 11. What is Hebrews? Hebrews is a book in the Bible. Of the 66 books, Hebrews is one of the books. Of Hebrews, there's over 1,100 chapters, not in Hebrews, but in the Holy Bible, over 1,100 and written over 2,000 years. But the book of Hebrews, Hebrews to me delineates or helps us understand the Word of God. If you haven't read Hebrews, live in it for a while. Well, I mean living, it, study it. Hebrews 12. 12 and 13 to me is the finest chapters that you can find in the Holy Bible. And I would recommend anybody to understand and to believe in Hebrews 7, 11, I mean 12 and 13 should be memorized. Well, I don't memorize because I don't memorize nothing, but I try to. But starting in verse 1, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, meaning Christ is all around us, let us lay aside every encumbrance. We have things that work on us, will weight us down. We, all, we, we think of different things. That's an encumbrance. Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us. We're caught in many, many things. And let us run with endurance the race that he set before us. Now, what in the world is a race? It's a race of delivering Christ to every known human being. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith Who for the joy set before him and the cross, despising the shame and has has set down at the right hand throne of God. You mean there's a national throne in heaven? Yes there is. You read Revelation you'll find out what the throne is. For consider him who has endured such hostility. You want to be hostile? Go out and preach Christ on the streets, on the sidewalk, in the building, and you'll find people that are, will almost curse you out. Christians walk down the street, supposedly Christians, and they say, well, no, where's that guy doing out there preaching? And a few people will gather around. The greatest theological professor I had when I was in Bible college, Dr. Carl Lawrence. He lived in Wales, converted in Wales, and he came to the United States and got his doctorate. And he preached. This is the most God-fearing man I've ever met in my life. He'd lay his hat down in the middle of the street as a young man. Had courage and endurance. As a young man, he'd lay his hat in the middle of the street and he started dancing around it. Now what in the world would you do if you walk down your street, your main street, and you saw a man in the middle of the road. Not in traffic, of course. With his hat laying in the middle of the road, or lying in the middle of the road, and there he was dancing around, and he was pointing to it. He said, he's alive, it's alive, it's alive. Until he got a group around him. and said, what the on under the head? Most people were curious. And Dr. Lawrence would reach down and pick up his hat, and there was a the holy Bible. He said, it's alive. Let me talk to you about it. For as, long as the crowd was set, he would preach Christ. Dr. Tom Lawrence, the greatest mm-hmm. professor that I have known to be alive today. He's dead now. He's helped with God, living up there. I know he's looking down and he's smiling because God. he knows that God's alive. We have faith that God's alive. We have faith that we'll be there. But it goes on to say, you have forgotten all the exhortations mm-hmm. which is addressing you as sons, as sons. My son, do you regard lightly the discipline of the Lord? And that's what I'm gonna to talk to you today about is discipline. The most undisciplined person that I know is me. I have led an ungodly, ungracious life. I was saved and after I got saved I turned my life to God. And it's hard for me to stay disciplined and think that I don't want to talk about. But God says I will discipline my son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor a faint when he ain't removed, reproved by him. For those whom thou the Lord loves, he disciplines. Are you disciplined? You know, when the Lord loves he will discipline Which brings me to the father. I had a father that most people would say was... I don't know what most people. I know there was about three thousand people at his funeral, which is more than most people could accomplish. And he was loved by everybody, and they, everybody thought he was a kind, gracious individual. He was very silent; didn't talk much. When he spoke, most people listened. But I tell you, one person that did not listen to his father—that was me. I had everything in the world to get around my father. I was the youngest of eight children. My mother died when I was born when Father raised me, he didn't smoke, he didn't drink, he served God. He went to church every Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday he visited, and Thursday he visited. He was always talking about God. Very little talk, but his actions spoke louder than his words. It is for discipline that you endure God. It deals with us, with, deals you as with some. What son is there whom his father does not discipline? I think my father read about 100 times because he tried to discipline me. I would come in from school. I had chores I had to do. We lived on a farm. I had chores I had to do. I did those. And then after that, I could do what I wanted to do, which means I did everything. I had a job working at the school that my father got me. And I'd take it, I'd deliver it. I, mean, I was at the custom school, and I had to switch the floors and the auditorium, put it in the trash can. and all the trash cans, and that was it. Then I come home. My I, I got paid for that. But who took the money? My father. because He said, that's your job. Go do it. And I did it. He worked the farm, and he also had a public work. And he worked the public work, and he worked the farm. And we raised tobacco. I said, Daddy, is there any place in the world that doesn't grow tobacco? That's where I want to go to. That's when I went to Hawaii when I was uh, in the service. But if you, and you are without discipline, of which all become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. God says if you're not being, being disciplined, you better question whether you have salvation or not. Furthermore, we have earthly fathers to discipline us. And respected them Shall we not much rather be Subject to the father of the truth Father of God To be disciplined Now let let me talk to you about discipline As I said I was the most undisciplined person That I think has ever lived I do not know I didn't kill anybody Or did that But I did everything possible Except trying to break not, Not break the law I stayed this side of the place just inside where they could not capture me or do things that would put me in jail. But everything outside of it, I I disregarded people. I disregarded feelings of people. And I thought I was something else. I went to college, went to school. Finally, I got saved and I went to seminary. Folks, let me tell you something. God disciplined you as my father disciplined me. I one time lied to him. My father, if you lied, if he could tolerate almost tolerate anything except a lie. Because when you lied, that was a you're less than human. My father was truthful. That's true. He was quiet. He didn't talk much. He didn't do a lot. He, I mean, he did a lot for himself and for his family. But he did not believe in a lie. He just could not handle a lie. One day, I was in the third grade. And I lied to him about it. He said, are you sure, son? Yes, sir. Well, he said, let me say where you're wrong. So he showed me and I said, daddy, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to lie. Sure you did. You wanted to get out of this trouble. My father picked up his bill. Uh, I'm not lying. It was a a big wide belt he wrapped it around his hand looped it over he said you're in your bedroom went to the bedroom and he beat me half to death because he could not tolerate a lie well in today's society if you were beat like that you were taken out of the home and given them to a foster home even at that time my father was taken the sheriff a deputy and another man came out to my father's house they said, we're going to see your son. The daddy said, for what reason? Did he do something wrong? No, you did something wrong. The sheriff and my father were friends. He let sheriff of the county. He said, "Pearl, you beat that boy to submission. My daddy said, he lied to me. That's my problem, not yours. That we're to take your son into psychiatrist like see, I mean, we're talking about when it, there was such a thing as people bring a son in. I mean, you're disciplining discipline your father. Given that, it was, it was all right. But I was beat that severely. My third grade school teacher. I said, the classroom, I over my desk. And that's the time they taught discipline of posture. She said, sit back, Gene. I said, nope, can't do it. She said, I said, sit back. and She grabbed my head and pushed me back in my chair. And I went, oh, and I went, wrenched forward. She said, what do I was wrong with you? And by that time, I leaned forward, and by, she had pushed me back, and I had opened up some of the wounds that were on my back. She said, who in the world whipped you like that? Well, it turned out they had discovered it all, and they sent me home, and then that that night, they came to, the sheriff came out to my house. That's how bad I was beat. i tell you this, I've never lied to my father again. Never. But like I said, I was very hitched struck. My wow. father said to the sheriff, they uh, said, sheriff, you're going know, to take my son. Oh, yes, son. We're going to take him in. We're going to have a psychiatrist talk to him. We're going to find out why you did this, and we're going to lock you up. They said, okay, I understand. We you excuse me a minute? And he said, sure, sir, sure. Firm. Go ahead and do what you're going to do. Daddy walked back in the back room. And he put out a little bar shotgun. He looked a buckshot. He walked out to the front room. And he said to the sheriff and the deputy and the man with him, which I'm not sure who that was, he said, tonight, three people are going to die. And when they die, you can have my son. Wait a minute. Don't talk like that. Today the they would shot him outright. But they didn't, because they had a little, little more sense at that time. And they said, "What are you going to do, Dad?" I said, "I have two buckshot loads in my double barrel. I'm going to kill you, your deputy, and myself. I know you'll shoot me, so those three people are going to die, and then you can have my son." I was clinging on my father's leg, and I said, "Dad, please don't let them take me. Don't let them take me." They said, "Shut up, boy, and go to your room." They come for a while. And I'm a hat come out, but they regard, re, said to him, "said We're gonna let you stay tonight with your son, Colonel. And then, if it don't work out, we're gonna come and get you." We never heard from him again. My father didn't apologize to me. He didn't apologize to. Him, he didn't apologize anyway. He's a father that believed in discipline. That was too hard of a discipline, I can tell you now. You know, here I sit, 80 years old, and I can tell you straight up and down, that was too much discipline. My father only that, knew that much about this. He didn't know about talking about it. Praising a kid, glorifying a kid, raising him up like that. He believed in this discipline. I could make straight into school, which I did. I drank him a beer. I'd make straight into school, but I couldn't make it in conduct. I always got a C or a D in conduct in all A's. I was proud of my report card. I said, let's look at my report card. All A's, they said, what would you do with conduct? Uh, C. For that, i it. Not like I did that time, but a will whip it. My father believed in this. He believed in listening to people and talking to people, but never butting in. When I, when I had a pastor, when the pastor of the church called by, I was required to say, Good morning, Pastor. How you doing, ma'am? Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Thank you. Very much. Sitting down. He believed in total discipline. God says, For they disciplined us for a short time and seemed best for them. But he dis disciplined us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields peaceful piece of fruit of spiritual righteousness. Therefore, strengthen the hands of the weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet, so that life, limb, and lame may not be put out of joint. Are you disciplined by Christ? Are you disciplined by God? Are you disciplined? If you're undisciplined, you got a question your salvation. Maybe you never really accepted Christ. Maybe you never accepted God. What God did. so you know, here's a man, a man. I use that loosely because God is not a man, but he represents mankind. We're made in his image. So here's a man called God. He had to send his son on the cross to die for our sins without the shedding of blood. There's no remission of sin. Do you understand what I mean? Well, they're shedding their blood. Well, him dying for us. People accept that. Most people deny that. Most people say, oh, yeah, there's a God. Yeah, there's a Christ, and we live like hell. Believe me, you can't live like that. You've got to live for God. You've got to live for Christ. And he disciplines us. I was with a person of the other day. And I said, have you ever been disciplined, God? But well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Are you saved? Yes, I'm saved. I've been saved for 40 years. And God doesn't discipline you at all? Here was a person that was raised in a family of great will, And she was never disciplined. She couldn't recall discipline this God, by God. And he quite a question, whether in the world Does God not discipline you? Everybody, everyone is disciplined by God if they're a Christian. Because God is the Father and we are his son. you realize that one day we'll be taken home and we'll be living in the holy land, not Ezra, but the holy land of God. And he will love us as he loved us. And he will give us all we want from life. All tears will be shed, all tears will be dried up. We live in complete glory of Christ. And he disciplines us because he wants us to understand what holiness is. One day we'll have his own. But every son and daughter of Christ is disciplined by him. He disciplined, disciplined us daily. I was lying on the couch this morning, studying, reading, understanding the gospel. Now, I try to read it every day. Well, I have more time than most people. But I read it every day, constantly. I pray constantly. And he said, son, I want you to do this. It was like was, he was talking to me, outright about what the Holy Spirit was doing this. The Holy Comforter. Mr. Holy is here called He called me. She said, Daddy, I had a vision. What kind of vision? You really want to hear it? I sure want to hear it. I had a vision of what's gonna to happen to you. He described certain things and I laughed and I said, Okay T, I understand. I had the same vision by the way. But God sent Mr. Holy down the Holy Spirit and he could talk to you. Before I end this conversation today, I'm sure that T will tell you how the Holy Spirit talks to her and guides her. She argues with him. said, I don't want to hear it. But it happens that way. But God disciplines you so he can, or you can, understand him and what he wants you to do. When you go away from him, he will bring you back. And now, sometimes not so easy. I have not been against God for years. Because I'm afraid, and I say afraid. Yes, I am. Because He is holy, and I love Him. And I'm afraid that I will disappoint Him. Some people say, "I want to die, die today." Well, I, I would also. And I'd love to see Christ. But I tell you what, I wouldn't love to be when He looks at me and I'm arriving to Holy City. He looks at me and He says, "Boy, you could have done so much more." And I realized it's true. I could have done so much more he's my father he's my Christ he's my Holy Spirit and they gave all remember this they gave all and I gave some
0: oh, and wow! there's a
1: statement. now some there's a lot to say today that some gave all and some gave some but some gave all my brother died climbing a beach in Iwo Jima He's with bullets. He gave all. So 28 men that he say he gave some. God said, come God from us. He wants us to understand him. And if you're a father a mother, you have a discipline of children. Unfortunately today, there are so many that doesn't have mothers or fathers. And they're not disciplined. Hence we have wildness going on. We have every kind of... You turn the TV on, people are murdered all over the world. In Chicago, for instance, in Washington, D.C., everywhere there's murder and everything's on because they have no discipline. As a parent and as a father, you're discipline. I uh, would like to say that I raised two children. No, I raised one child. And the mother raised him the other child because she lives in Hawaii. But I have two lovely daughters that have since grown up to turn professional and live godly. I would that we had a whole world would. But you're listening to a man that was most undisciplined a disciplined person in the world. And God finally got or received him because he gave his life to God. From that time on, God still disciplines me. This, if you're not disciplined by God, you got a question where you are. For this, I give it back to T. T, go ahead.
0: Well, that was very good, and you're right. God does discipline you. I had one yesterday. I got annoyed at somebody really annoyed. He goes, this "Morning, Mr. Holy." Goes, "You need to call her." I got "I don't want to call her." He goes, "You really do need to call her." I was like, "I'm a doll. Yeah, you do. Oh, I don't. And uh, so I got, I called her. And she started. I was like, I do not want to talk about this. I want to say I'm sorry, and I am. And uh, uh, that, and I said, uh, so Jesus, God, and Mr. Holy asked me to call you and tell you that. And I feel it in my heart for you. And she goes, she says to me, even angels have a bad day. I go, thank you. Are you talking about you or me? So um, anyway, we laughed about that, but it it put things to rest. And I was, you know, so thank you, Dad. Um, you were a great dad. You, you taught me some wonderful things, and um, I appreciate you very much. And, um, yeah, so it's Happy Father's Day to everybody. You guys, you dads do a great job. Most of you do. And you did a great job bringing you, your, your sons and daughters here. That's the best part, too, as well. And uh, we all, I, I appreciate you. I, once again, Dad, I do. I love God. I love Jesus. I love Mr. Holy. I love you, my sweet father. So anyway, thank you, Dad, for doing well, the show.
1: The feeling is mutual. I wish that I uh, was in Hawaii. I could tell my daughter there, but uh, it's a lovely daughter. A lovely daughter in Miami, one in Hawaii, but I mean, <laughs> they're as far apart as you can get them. Uh, seven or 8,000 miles apart. You can only go so often, but believe me. I don't enjoy God's discipline, but I understand that when he disciplines me, I listen. If I don't listen, he still disciplines.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He they, 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 they just continues to talk, right? So you're like, can you just be quiet? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> like me and Mr. Holy, we go round and round. Um, so but I love, I love God to do. Uh, so anyway, and by the way, those who are listening now, dad and I are going to call, call uh, my sister and his other daughter tomorrow. So that should be fun because I know the internet, the phone doesn't know any distance. Isn't that great? So anyway. Um, all right, everyone, dad, I'm going to say goodbye. And we'll, we'll, as I said, I'll see my dad tomorrow via phone and we'll all be wishing, uh, Everybody, happy Father's Day. Take care, everybody. Before,
1: Bye now. Go ahead, have, Jenny. Let me say this to you: that I have a book that I wrote.
0: Oh yes, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have a book that I wrote. It's kind of an autobiography of myself. Not that I'm proud of it, or some of the godly stuff in it, but I encourage you to get it. It's on Amazon under "Finding God, God Finding Me," and Gene Abbott wrote it. And I don't encourage buy it. It's only eight dollars or seven dollars, something like that. And it's, it's it's a it's a beautiful little book, not the, the words, because the uh, person, that, the printing company that put it together, trying not to to, to take words out of con out of a consideration. And if I said it wrong, they printed it wrong, but they did correct this failure. errors. And i encourage you to buy the book. It's uh, $7 or $8, God Finding Me. It's an autobiography of myself. I wish you all, I love you dearly, and I love anybody that's listening that listening to me that doesn't know Christ. I encourage you, by all means, find Christ. God for you. Thank you, T.
0: Yes, he did, and, and that book that you you're talking about is an easy read. I mean, it isn't. You can read. You can finish it in uh, uh, an afternoon, um, I think, because uh, I did. And the other thing about it is, Dad, although he doesn't know yet, so surprise for him. Happy Father's Day, Dad. He's going to be doing a workshop about it. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Happy Father's Day to you, dads out there, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye, everyone.
1: God bless you.